This episode is brought to you by Avo Creative, a creative company that builds brands and people. To learn more, visit the link in the description of this episode. We're all just incredibly uniquely different. And I think that if you can accept that and then harness it, then you realize that you have, you have a superpower and that, that's where that power comes from because you, you yourself recognize, hey, nobody is, nobody's the same as me. I'm the only person who has this combination of experiences and personality traits and this background and this appearance and this voice and this way of communicating. So, hey, what can I do with that in service of my fellow human beings? That is the million dollar question. And that is just one of the questions Zubi and I tried to answer on this epic episode of The Young God. In case you're unfamiliar, Zubi, whose full name is Zubi Udezwe, is a UK-born Nigerian. He's an independent rapper, podcaster, author, and more. He's a kindred spirit with a truly unique approach to godhood. He's also one of the most outspoken and most engaging personalities on the internet with over 1 million followers on Twitter. And get this, just recently, he had Elon Musk as a guest on his podcast. That's just to let you know what kind of guy I'm talking to today. And just in case you're unfamiliar, you can check him out on Twitter and IG at Zubi Music. By the way, this is the collabo the streets have been waiting for. This is the collabo the streets have been asking for. Once our mutual followers found out he was going to be in Abuja, Nigeria, my city, for a conference, they asked us to do it for the culture. And so we did. And boy, did we have a hell of a conversation. So much so that I had to split it into two parts. Part two drops next week, Friday. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get the notification when part two drops. In the meantime, listen to a conversation about work, about race, about mastery, about identity, building an audience, and so much more. I even had a special hot take on why racism happened from the point of view of a white person. Oh yeah, we took it there. And by the way, I am your host, Rodney Amokache. You are welcome to The Young God, a podcast for gods. Yeah. Stand back, got talk. Watch calls. So, ladies and gents, we are here at M Switch Media Studios. Out here with my guy, Zubi. <laughs> You're here on the on the Young God. Thank you for joining me. It's been a long time coming. As you know, before we we got in here, there are people who have been clamoring for this sort of meeting of the minds. And uh, we're about to find out what it is that makes this so special. Are you ready for me? Always ready, man. Born ready. So first of all, like, we're just meeting for the first time today. So imagine you, you didn't know me before now, like just five minutes ago. What is it that you do? Sure. So my name is Zubi. I am an independent rapper, author, host of the Real Talk with Zubi podcast, public speaker, and coach. 
I am on a mission and have been for well over a decade to uplift, inspire, and motivate as many millions of people as I can through my words and through my actions. It all started out just with the music and uh, it's expanded beyond that now. So I travel all over the world doing a lot of things. I'm here in Nigeria to be speaking at the Nigeria International Energy Conference. I'm actually going to be speaking to some students tomorrow morning. And so everything I do is in line with that overall mission. In terms of my background, my parents are originally from Nigeria. So I'm back in the motherland right now. I was born in the UK. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. I went to an international slash American school there for many years. And then I went to boarding school in the UK and studied at Oxford University and graduated from there. And then um, I've been on this entrepreneurial creative adventure full time since 2011. So it's just grown and blossomed from there. So at what point did you know that this is what you wanted to do with your voice? Mm. I would say from about 19 or 20. Okay. Yeah, pretty early. I started rapping when I was 18 years old, released my first album when I was 19. And before I even had graduated from university, I knew that I wanted to, I knew I wanted to do music and I knew I wanted to take it seriously and put out a lot of releases and do, mm. do more live performances and everything. I thought that <clears throat> the impact I would have on the world and all the people I wanted to reach was just going to be really through the vehicle of music. But over the course of time, I've continued with my music. I, I still, you know, I put out my last album in 2021, but there's going to be more to come. Um, and I realized that I was actually kind of leaving stuff on the table mm. because I'm good at music and I'm capable of doing that. But I'm also good at doing a lot of other things and communicating at a lot of different in a lot of different ways. So if you actually look at what I do, being a communicator is actually the through line through it all. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people see my different career paths and see I'm involved in this and I'm speaking at that and I'm doing this and that and they don't see how all these different things are connected. You know, there's like, why, why are you speaking at the Nigerian International <laughs> yeah. Energy Conference? And then two weeks later, you're in Miami speaking at the Bitcoin Conference. And then you're speaking to a big conservative organization in America. And then you're talking to a libertarian group. And then you're talking about fitness and all this. And it's all in line. Number one, it's all about communication. But it's also about spreading knowledge, uplifting and inspiring and motivating people and, and helping them. That, that's really what it's all about. That's a god right there. There's so much negativity mm. in this world that we were just talking before we started recording. There's so much negativity, so much division, so much low resolution, low consciousness thinking, which is often encouraged and incentivized. Um, and people are struggling in various ways physically, mentally, spiritually, relationships, emotions. We all have our challenges. Yeah. But I think in this, you know, relatively technologically advanced world, as much as we've made progress in certain things, there are certain aspects of the human condition and the human mind and the human body and our spirits that are things we always have to be working on. And if we're not conscious of it, then it's very easy to fall into a mindset where you're not only being self-destructive, but you're also causing destruction and division and unnecessary polarization within your own community, within your own nation, and ultimately within the world. And so um, I'm trying to, I do my best to be a counter 
to some of that. I'm only yeah. one man, right? Yeah. I can't do everything. I can't take on the whole media and political and everything establishment well, on my own. Yeah. Um, but if I can plant a little seed in different people's brains and help them to understand, hey, you've got potential, you've got more power than you realize, you have more capacity and capability than you realize, and we can all do a little bit better. And actually, if we all do a little bit better and we focus on that, then that's truly how we change the world. Yeah. We don't change the world just by shouting at each other and going out on the street with placards and marching and protesting and fighting each other. Um, but you change it by being an example. That part. Where do I even begin? You've said you've said so much that I've been wanting to like, you know, hop on. But I think where I'll start is what everything you've described mm -hmm. is why I started the Young God. I had this feeling that I had something to add to the conversation that could help people, mm. you know, be better at being themselves. Because here's the thing, right? You said that being a communicator is the through line for you. For me, being a storyteller is the true is mm -hmm. the is the through line. Because uh, I've been a photographer, I've been a creative director. Now I'm a podcaster. My company builds brands, development, strategy. So storytelling has just been the theme, right? And throughout that, it's like, how do I use my skills to be a force for good, mm -hmm. right? And when I think of God and you know God being good and and not good in the purely like wishy-washy you know softness of it, but like the greater good, like just the generalness of how things work out for good, I felt you know what. That is, that is, let's put a pin in that, right? Then I realized I have all these these skills, I have all this like knowledge, I have the, the benefit of growing up in a background that was very different from the average person. So I have like a vantage point that most don't have. And I'm like, yo, like, I'm a God though, you know? You know, like, <laughs> like this is different because you, you feel this, and you know what I mean? Like the sense of empowerment when you see, you know, how, what, limits the average person, doesn't limit you. Yes. You feel like you have a sort of like you're above the clouds in a sense. You know, there's so much noise below and then mm. you're like on cruise control, cruise altitude somewhere. You know, you see things, you know things. And so this podcast, The Young God, which is a podcast for gods, and you, uh, Zubi, you fit that mold very, very well. Like you, you, you're like in tune with yourself and your mission and your story and... So what do you think is is special about your situation that allowed you to know this early on? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've got a lot of blessings and advantages that I'm mm. fully aware of that most people do not. Mm. Um, with that said, I think everyone actually has their own blessings and advantages in different ways. I think for some people it's more obvious than others, but I think we each, you know, within us have our own potential and our superpower. But in terms of my background, I was fortunate, you know, firstly, just having wonderful parents. You know, people like to talk about privilege these days. I believe there's hardly any privilege greater than having mm. having wonderful parents. I've got a wonderful mother. I have a wonderful father. Um, they've raised five great children, and I've just come from that very solid foundation. And so when people ask me who my role models are, you know, who's my main role model, who's my main male role model or my main female role model, it's my mom and my dad. Um, and I'm blessed to be able to to say that mm. and to be able to have been uh, been able to say that my entire life. So the family foundation is very important. The religious foundation is important, being raised in a Christian family um, and having my belief in and faith in God in the way that I do is a massive underlying driver mm. towards everything I do and towards the way that I treat people and the way that I see my own mission in this world. And then 
just how I've grown up, how and where I've grown up. So like I said, I was born in England. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Um, so I was in the Middle East for many years. Mm. I was in the American schooling system up until the age of 11. And then after that, I was in the British school system. Um, I did very well in school. I got into Oxford University. I studied computer science there. So from a very young age, I had the opportunity to just be surrounded by a range of different people, nationalities, religions, ethnicities, cultures. That's been very normal just from the nature of how I've grown up. And on top of that, I've been blessed to have the opportunity to travel to almost 40 different countries at this point. Mm -hmm. So you used the term, you said vantage point before. So it gives you a different vantage point and level of insight mm -hmm. into the world and into human beings. You can see the differences, but perhaps even more importantly, you can see the similarities and the commonalities. Um, it's very hard to have uh, bigoted views about people or very low resolution res resolution views about people if you've met so many people mm. from so many different walks of life and lived with them and interacted with them then you realize that people are far more similar than we are different and there's something within human nature it seems and this apparently has been true all throughout history and remains true to this day which is that Oftentimes, especially during moments of stress or strife or um, in certain political climates and so on, people are trained to see the differences and focus on the differences more than seeing and focusing on the commonalities. Mm -hmm. This is true in between countries. It's true within countries. It's true in various communities, just at every level. And this is why... All through human history, there's been conflict and strife based around these differences, yeah. right? Uh, it could be something as basic as skin color. It could be ethnicity. It could be nationality. It could be religious faith or lack thereof. It could be political ideology. It could be... There's so many ways. There, you know, Human beings are an incredibly <laughs> diverse species, Bruh. right? There's no... Actually, if you think of it, we, we, we're literally the most diverse species, Right. There's no other there's no other species in the animal kingdom that just there, there's no apart from identical twins. Like there's nobody in this world who looks exactly like you. Yeah. Right. There's no if you look at I don't know, look at penguins, look at gorillas, look at buffaloes, look at deer, look at ants, look at it. They all look the same. Yeah. Right. Okay. You've got some subspecies and but within them, they're like they're still the same. They're they're they're, they're all kind of kind of the same. Um, and I think that. I don't think this is the, to me. This isn't like accidental. This is this is something that makes the human species so wonderful and interesting and fascinating. Just the level of not just not not just you know the phenotypes and what people physically look like, but mm. personalities, right, um, right, right. experiences, way, ways of thinking, creative skills, talent stacks. We're all just incredibly uniquely different. And I think that if you can accept that and then harness it, then you realize that you have you have a superpower, and that that's where that power comes from. Because yeah. you you yourself recognize, hey, yeah, nobody is nobody's the same as me. Yeah. I'm the only person who has this combination mm -hmm. of experiences and personality traits, and this background, and this appearance, and this voice, and this way of communicating. So hey, what can I do with that in yeah. service of my fellow human beings? Yeah. And if you can get in where you fit in, if you can recognize that, 
and try to maximize that, then, wow, you're going to be a very powerful person. And also that's when everything just functions really well. I mean, even yeah. if you think about, no, no, no one thinks about it like this. Even if you think about the economy itself, mm. right? If someone says the economy, most people think of like numbers and stock market tickers and businesses and stuff like that, right? But really what, what an economy is, is it's the ecosystem of human beings working together and providing goods and services towards each other um, in exchange for other goods and services or in exchange for this medium of exchange, which we call money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the whole thing only functions because we all have something to offer. Like whatever your job or your career is, that is whether or not you see it this way, it means you are offering a good or service of value to other human beings. Yeah. Every single job. It doesn't matter what you do, who you are, where you are. If you have a job, if you have something that pays you money, that's because other human beings value that service you're providing. Yeah. And we can't all do the same things. Not everyone can be an airline pilot. Not everyone can be a podcaster. Not everyone can be a doctor. Not everyone can be a professional musician, football player, dancer, whatever the occupation is. But everyone can do something. Yeah. Right? We can all do we can all do something and we all value those other things. So every day, every time you pay for anything, anytime you pay for a service, you pay for a good, you pay for a product, whatever it is, every day you're having all these interactions, thousands of interactions a year. And this is just a form of trade. It's just, it's, it's, um, it's, it's like incentivized altruism. And mm, that's really what the economy, mm, 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 that's what mm. the economy is. The economy is, it's the people. Come and again, exchanges. incentivized altruism. Mm. Never heard that before. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. That's what it is. That's what a. That's what free market capitalism is. That that's all it is. It's just saying, okay, cool. You have the free. You you've got something available that you can offer. Then, cool. Other people are willing to pay you accordingly mm. for that. And the more specialized you are, or the more valuable thing that you're offering, and so on, the more you get paid. And actually, if people could just kind of understand this, then there'd even be less strife because I, I think a lot of people don't understand that all these things are just, it's just, it's just supply and demand. It's just natural market forces. And if you upskill and you get better at what you're doing, or you offer something of more value or you create something, then, you know, if, if anyone wants to become a millionaire, the, the way to become a millionaire is to be of offer something of value to a million people. Right. If you if you if you have something of value easier said to, though it, yes but but if you think about it that that's really what that's what it is yeah right yeah. that's what it is if there's a million people out there who want what you have to offer and you can offer it, it you can you can package it up in some way shape or form and offer it to them then it's pretty hard not to be a millionaire um, but most people don't really think like that yeah I guess the question then becomes. How do I take what I have mm. or who I am or the skill I have and then maximize it? Which goes to take us to our next question or our next sure. thing, which is like getting better at things. You know, especially, and it's one, it's one thing to be good at one thing, like be a good rapper or a great rapper or musician. But then when you're multi-hyphenate and you have all these other aspects of your life that you cater to that give you, you know, means of expression and give you joy and purpose, mm -hmm. how do you get better at each of these things? Practice, doing it, just just doing it. Um, I think a lot of times people don't. People often don't do things for a lot of reasons. Number one is the 
fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. It's actually the primary reason why most people don't do most things that they want to because they're worried about what somebody out there, whether someone they know or someone they don't know is going to criticize them or put them down or laugh at them, whatever it is, right? Human beings are very, very sensitive Mm -hmm. um, to that. And then beyond that also, I think a lot of times people want to be able to take a shortcut, Mm -hmm. right? People want to have the result without having, without doing what is necessary for the result. Um, This applies to everything, right? So if you've, if you're someone who doesn't exercise, you don't strength train, you've never been to the gym, um, you have to accept that you're going to be, you're going to be weak. You're going to be unfit to begin with. You can't just walk in a gym and see someone there who's been training for 20, 30 years and expect that, or even three years, even one year and think that you're going to, you're going to magically be on their, on their level, right? Because they've put in the work to get the results. So everyone wants, Hey, I want to have a six pack. Hey, I want to be able to bench press this. I want to be able to like, look, I want to be able to look like that guy. I want that. And it's like, okay, well you have to do, you have to be willing to go through the steps and make the sacrifices that that person Mm. has done. Um, There are very few things that are worth doing and which have a lot of value and even social clout, which are, which are easy. Um, Because Mm. if they were easy, the bar would be very low and everyone, everyone would, would achieve that. it, right? Yeah. If it were very easy to have an impressive physique, then no, you know, it wouldn't be impressive because everyone would have an impressive physique, yeah. right? If it were easy to um, become a millionaire or become a billionaire, then it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be special. It's like, oh, wow, that's, that's an achievement because it's hard to do. It's hard to have su- very successful relationships. It's hard to be, mm. um, very good at writing it's hard to be very good at speaking it's hard to most thing a lot of things are are hard right it's hard and to get good at them you have to practice but to get good you have to be willing to accept that you're not going to be good for a while right i call it embracing the suck mm-hmm. right you have to accept that you're going to suck for a while right so if you start a podcast say you're listening to this and you're like hey you know what i want to start a podcast i want to be interviewing people i want to be recording people i want to be you have to at the beginning you're not going to be good like you just, you just won't be, I'm sure you can go back and listen to your first episode of the podcast oh, yeah. and you'll see, oh wow. Okay. I've gotten a lot better at communicating. I've gotten better oh, at yeah. asking questions. I've gotten better at not interrupting. I've gotten better at listening. I've gotten better at my body language, all these different things. You notice it. Um, and I think again, people often don't want to go through that valley of not being great or even not getting attention. And uh, in this in this digital world, people also worry. Oh well, I want to do a podcast, but what if nobody listens? You know, what if no one? Oh man, that guy's got so many people listening. Or oh, this person has this many subscribers. This person has this many followers. I want to have a million followers. It's like, well, if you want a million followers, you have to accept that you're going to start with zero, and to, before you get to a million, you need to get to ten, and you need to get to a hundred, right. and you need to get to five hundred, and a thousand, and ten thousand. Like, there's nine hundred and ninety nine. <laughs> thousand nine hundred and ninety nine Bruh. people in between each of that there's that many steps so you can't skip it if you don't mind i'd like to shamelessly plug my company evo creative my team and i help brands and businesses craft creative compelling communications and concepts we're the creative upper class when it comes to ideas we're in a different tax bracket If you're starting a new business, for example, we can help you develop a thoughtful brand and design a crisp visual identity. If you already have a business 
and need concepts and ideas with which to communicate your products and services, we can help with that too. How about a beautifully designed website? We got you. Or perhaps you need a fresh pair of eyes to audit your brand assets and your creative output. Easy as pie. Maybe you have a creative team already. I can personally coach them to become better at generating ideas and solving creative problems through our signature creativity workshops. Book a consultation today via the link in this episode or slide in my DMs on IG at Rod the Young God. That's R-O-D-T-H-E-Y-N-G-O-D or Twitter at I am the Young God. Wherever you are in the world, let's make magic together. To have this information that you just said, right? To have the, the wherewithal to begin and then to push through. The gap for most people is information. They don't know these things you've just said, mm-hmm. right? You go into something thinking it's going to be easy and then you're surprised, so you stop. Yeah. But I think for me, for example, one of the reasons I, I stayed on this podcasting path, especially in 2019, like I told you, there was no podcast listenership in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody in my circle mm-hmm. who was into podcasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine starting a podcast within that environment. It can be very discouraging for the average person. But I think, not even I think, I know that one of the things that got me really focused on it was one, I knew that, I knew how like mastery worked. You know, people mm-hmm. don't know how these things work. So you don't know what mm-hmm. to expect. I knew what to expect. I knew how audiences worked because I've been, I've been in branding. Yes. You know, you have to like make something that people will want to come and, you know, do stuff for, uh, listen to or tap play for. Mm-hmm. Then I also knew that, um, Consistency piques curiosity. When people see you've been doing a thing for a while, they're mm. like, okay, you know what? Let me go see what this is about. I remember when I hit 100, 100 episodes, that was where I got like the biggest boost because oh, I, I publicized like my 100th episode, right? Mm-hmm. And then I broke down what it took to get here. And so at that time was like, he's been doing this for 100 episodes? Yeah. Let me go see. You get that kind of thing. So you, you actually learned that on the job. Mm. You don't, I didn't know that before, but... I knew everything else that allowed me to push through to 100. Yes. But when I got to 100, I realized people are listening more now, this 100th episode, than they've ever listened before. So then you now know, okay, this is what it takes. So you can tell someone else, mm-hmm. if you want to build an audience, reach a milestone. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't like, make the milestone the thing. Yes. But, but get to a milestone, you know what I mean? And, and also to get to the milestone, you, that's, you know, because people often argue you know, quantity versus quality. Mm. And to some degree, especially in something like this and something like a creative endeavor or a podcast or writing or whatever like that, um, quantity is quality. Hmm. Because to get to 100, by the time you're on your 100th episode, assuming each episode is an hour, you've been practicing for at least an hour, uh, 100 hours, hmm. right? So your 100th episode is going to be better than your first, than your second, than your fifth. So... In or, so that, that same thing I was saying before, the, the practicing and the repetition mm. to even get to the mile in, in the process of getting to the milestone, you're doing the process that's also getting you better. And this also works in your favor because it's better for people to f- discover you on your 100th episode than on your first one because your 100th one's going to be better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd rather people hear the 10th song that I made or the 50th song that I made than the first song that I made. 
because my fiftieth song is absolutely going to be better than my first song, and yeah. and it is by the way, right? <laughs> because my first song, I'm still in practice mode. Like this is my first song. Yeah. By definition, who's which musician is their first song is their best song? Mm. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. Except one hit wonders. No, but that's still not their first song. Right, right, right. Yeah. It might be their first song that blows up. Yeah. But it's not their first song. No one's first song that you've ever made is going to be good. Like it's not it's just not. It's just not. If you go on YouTubers and you watch the first video they ever made, not their first viral video, not the first video they ever made. Mm. The camera quality is usually terrible. The audio quality is terrible. They're they're awkward on camera. There's people there who have millions and millions of subscribers. And the ones who have left up all their old stuff, it's actually interesting to go back and watch it. Yeah. And you can just see the growth. And it doesn't matter what the endeavor is in any business, not just creative stuff. Um, people get better over time. If someone yeah. is the CEO of a business, you know, unless they founded the company, mm. um, you know, you don't walk in first day and become the the CEO or become the managing director. Like you've got to pay your dues, you've yeah. got to put in the work, you've got to go through usually decades to reach towards the top of anything. Um, and even then, you can never fully, completely master anything. There's always going to be room for improvement. The best person, you know, Lionel Messi can still get better at football, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the best basketball player, the best dancer, that, that's why they still practice. It's why they still have coaches. Because no matter how good you get, you can still get better because you're still going to miss shots. You're still going to make mistakes. You could be the best public speaker in yeah. the world, the best orator. You're still going to say, um, sometimes you're yeah. still going to say like, sometimes you're still yeah. going to sometimes miss a word or stumble or worse. We're, we're human. You know, I, I quite like that process of mastery. I like it. I love it a lot because, and I always tell people like, there is something there for your mental health. When, not only because it's one thing to just do 100 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're going to improve as you do 100 episodes. But I think there's something even deeper when you're conscious of like your improvement as you go along, right? You're paying attention. You're actually like actively working towards perfection, even though there's, you don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. But you want to make the best you can make. And I think when you start with that, with every endeavor, like you want to make the best you can make at this time as it pertains to your skill level, right? And then you see the improvement. There's a, what's the the happy chemical called? Is it serotonin or or dopamine? I I, I don't know what Uh, it means. Both of them. Yeah. But when you you get that feeling of fulfillment, when you see it, it's unlike, it's like that runner's high Mm -hmm. where you've been running for some time and then suddenly your body just acclimatizes to the stress and you're going. It's the same thing with mastery for me. I found that, Mm. you know, now my, my, mentally, I can endure the drudgery of listening over and over to something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can endure the, I, I, I hear the details of, you know, um, what needs to go at this particular second or the timing between two uh, pieces of audio uh, waveforms. Mm-hmm. Like those details become so apparent after that. And you're like, yo, I didn't see this before. Now I can see it. I'm like, I could, I could, I could teach this. I could do this. Yes. And I think, um, that is one of the, the, the parts that I've found to be most fulfilling about the process. So now when I'm talking to people about it, artists, because just like you, I coach, I, I coach artists, I coach um, people in this field, and I try to like get them to look forward to that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like become, like let that be, like let your ego get into it in terms of see how you're getting better. 
and see how you used to suck. Like, so just as much as you're conscious of your sucking, mm -hmm. be conscious of your improvement because that will now like help you in the process. What, what I was thinking as you were speaking is that there's also, to me, there's a massive ethical component to this all, mm. right? Um, I often get asked what it is that motivates me. It's probably one of the most common questions I ask. How do you stay motivated? How do you... Um, and to me, all of this, including the mastery itself and the improvement, isn't just something that is good to do or useful. I consider it an ethical duty. Mm. Right? If I had not spent thousands of hours getting good at even simply talking and communicating, writing, speaking, listening, reading, if I had not put in thousands of hours in the gym to build my body and get stronger, whatever, then how could I, how can I then help millions of people? Right. I can't. Right. If I don't tap into my own potential and my own capacity and I don't get better and maximize these skills to the point that I can use them hmm. to help other people and to teach those skills to other people and to, you know, I've written two books now on health and fitness. How can I write a book on health and fitness if I myself haven't been through the journey, but now I've been through the journey. Cool. Now I can inspire and educate and help other people. If I was on this podcast and I didn't even know how to communicate my ideas or speak clearly or whatever, then I can't help the people who are listening mm. because I don't even know what I'm saying. So by going through that process and the more you do it and the more you maximize yourself, it's not just good for you and your own life. It's good for others because now you filled up your cup. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? You fill up your jug or as much as you can, and then you can start pouring out and helping other people. If a doctor doesn't go to medical school and mm. doesn't spend thousands of hours reading and researching and learning and sitting in lectures and doing papers and learning about the human body and how it works, how drugs interact with each other, then they can't help anyone, right? You don't want a surgeon who doesn't have thousands of hours you don't. under their belt. You don't want it to go on an airplane with a pilot who hasn't done the hundreds or thousands of hours of flying mm. necessary. But now that he's done it, he can now fly thousands of people every year around the world to various destinations. And he's a very important part of the community and the economy. doesn't matter. You could be a dentist, a plumber, an electrician, a podcaster. A do it doesn't matter what you do. If you master it and you, you get better at it, mm -hmm. then now you've got more to offer the world. And I think that uh, this is where my, my religious perspective also comes in, right? If God gives you different experiences and personality types and abilities and skills and you choose not to do anything with it you choose to just be lazy and sit on it um then to me that's not a morally neutral activity that's a morally that that's that's a negative you're not yeah. living up to what you could be doing right you're 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 squandering your gifts to me it's like you're kind of slapping god in the face and saying oh well Thanks for giving me all this stuff, but you know what? I'm going to do nothing with it, and I'm going to help nobody with it. And to me, that's that's wrong. That's I think that, I think that's that's wrong. So with the way the way I do things and the way I on a deep level stay motivated is like okay, well, how can I how can I not be right if I've got this ability to go out and help people in various ways? If mm. I can come to Nigeria and I can speak to these students tomorrow and I can plant some positive seeds in their brains, help them to see their own potential, give them some life lessons based on my decades of experience and just things that I've lived through. And that mm. helps some of them in some way. 
awesome. That's a that's a moral good. That's an ethical good. And then those young people, hopefully, at least some of them can grow up and use some of that knowledge they yeah. now have. Yeah. And they can go on and inspire the next generation and they can be better in their community and they can do better by their family and with their friends and everyone. And it all just ripples outwards. I, I think of the energy, it ripples outward, right? Just like if you, th- if you throw a stone in water and you see those ripples go out, it's the same, whether it's positive or it's negative, right? If yeah. I go out and I just start being nasty towards people and I start being hateful and mean and cruel and insulting and attacking people, that has, it has an effect. It has an effect. And as someone who has some degree of influence, I'm also giving a green light on that type of behavior. And I'm mm-hmm. encouraging other people to engage in it. Yeah. If I do the opposite and I do my best, I'm not perfect by any means, but I do my best to show people positivity and to be encouraging and to show them the process of what I'm doing and to be helpful and be of service to others. It encourages other people to do the same. It's like, okay, cool. Um, and, and we may not even realize it all the time, but we're all influenced by each other. If you're surrounded by 10 people who are being mean and nasty and negative yeah. and they're this and this, then it has it has some effect on you. Just like if you're in a room of 10 people and they're, you know, they're, 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 if, if you imagine you, you're in a place and, you know, 10 people are all, you're with 10 guys and they're, they're all doing push-ups. They're all doing pull They're all... What are you going to do? You're going to, okay, I got to, I got to join, right? Okay, yeah, I need, I need, yeah, to, I need yeah, to do my yeah, push-ups yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah. I got to, I can't be the only one here who's not. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, great story. So back in my day, yeah. I used to be a rapper as well. Awesome. Yeah, I went by Dirty Sexy Rodney. That was my, that was my stage name, <laughs> right? And I'll never forget in my dorm room in uni, I was, I was where my guys, we all used to rap and yeah. like do stuff. And they all used to go to the gym, but I never went to the gym. Mm. I used to be skinny, skinny dude. And so one time we we're all doing like disc records on each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy says, um, he says, <laughs> he's a French dude, French was African. Okay. So you imagine this in a West African French accent. Yeah. He says, look at Rodney, skinny guy, no biceps. And everyone... <laughs> Laughed at me in the studio, in my dorm room, my dorm studio. That day, I went to the gym. <laughs> I started going. This weight you see That's on me funny. is a result of that day. So it's, it's spot on how our peers, especially you see people doing the right things. They all look mm-hmm. sexy as hell, you know, all big and, and swole. And I was mm-hmm. out here just like with collarbones and stuff. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, this, this, this can't go on. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, 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 I get that. And by the way, you can follow the podcast on social media. Twitter at I am the Young God, Instagram at the Young God Pod. I regularly post exclusive content and updates on events, all kinds of things. You don't want to miss that, so please follow. I have this theory that people focus so much on where they are feminist, black, or all these other like different labels, because there's a serious gaping hole where their personality is supposed to be, mm. right? Like there's no reason why you should you. you there's so much you could be and you box yourself into this thing. Yeah. For example, feminist ideals in terms of uh, what it means to want equality for, in just whether you're a woman or a man, you should have the agency and the right to like do whatever you want in your life. That's humanist, I think you can call it that, mm-hmm. right? So I don't need to call myself a feminist, but I agree with a feminist desire to like achieve those things, right? Yeah. Um, I don't need to live and die by my blackness you know, I'm I'm black. I want blacks to you know do what they got to do to enjoy mm-hmm. their lives. But I don't need to like build a, a mountain. <laughs> and, you know, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, so um, as a guy who uh, is black, obviously, mm. obviously, if you didn't know he's black, those who are, yeah. <laughs> I've had some people debate it, but yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you contend with that like low resolution mm. idea of coming in contact with people who every conversation comes down to race? It just comes back yes. down to race. It's very interesting because due to my background and my worldview, I would never, I think I would pretty much never talk about quote unquote race if other people didn't. If other people were not so focused on it, I would never even really feel any compulsion to even bring it up. Um, I'm happy to talk about it, you know, if someone asks me about it. But on a day-to-day -day level, I think about it very little. And that's been true my entire life. Mm. So the, I think the first thing, not, not just for, for myself, but for everyone, is like some traits are just immutable. Right. Mm. So we every human being, we have our things that are just immutable. You don't choose what country you're born in. You don't choose who your parents are. You don't choose your skin color. You don't choose your height. You don't choose your general facial genetics. There's a lot of stuff about us that it's just that's just immutable. Mm -hmm. You just are. Um, and so given that and given that these things don't say anything about your heart or your character or your brain or your personality, etc. Yeah. It's odd for me to, um, I think it's strange for people to make them the sort of core primary identifiers or things that they, let's say, things that they take either massive pride in mm -hmm. yeah. or feel some type of guilt for. Mm. right it doesn't make sense to me because it's just it's just immutable right if i'm five i'm five foot eleven Same. what does that say about my character what does it say about my behavior what does it say about my brain what does it say about my heart what does it say it says that you can reach stuff though yeah great that's a, that's a good thing to be that's, yeah, that, that's cool <laughs> right but um, i mean am i proud of being five <laughs> eleven I mean, pride is a funny word because it has actually has multiple meanings. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable being 5'11". I, I accept the fact that I'm 5'11 and, you know, I won't be, be shamed for it or whatever. Um, but it's not something I achieved. It's not something I worked towards. Right. It's not something I built, I created, whatever. Do I feel any guilt for being 5'11"? It could be, oh, that's not fair. Some people are only 4'11". So, you know, do I, should I feel guilt for being 5'11"? No. Right. Like, yeah. but, but it's just, it's just an immutable. So I think that it makes more sense to, you know, the things that people actually have some control over. Those are the things and people's actual behaviors and, you know, beliefs and the words that come out their mouth and their actions and all that. That's, those are the things that you judge and rate people by. Mm. Um, and it, it's crazy that human beings have been struggling with this for so many thousands, so many thousands of years, because it's so incredibly obvious to me. Um, if all I know about someone is that they are uh, male, okay, I can infer certain things. I can infer that they have X Y chromosomes, and I can, you know, their their genitalia and plumbing and you know general body <laughs> shape and whatever. If I know someone is a female, I know these things. If I know someone is, uh, you know, that person is white. Okay, I can infer a, okay, maybe that means their ancestors are probably from somewhere in Europe or what. I, I, but that's all in terms of their, their behavior, their character, their beliefs, their values, whether or not I'm going to get on with them, their yeah. personality, 
it doesn't tell me anything. So when people do this super ultra low resolution thing, which is, again, it's not, it's not new of just saying, oh, okay, I know this person's skin color. <laughs> or So, so I, I'm going to just draw all these massive assumptions about them. You're, it's just, it's wrong on multiple levels. It's wrong from an accuracy perspective. It's wrong from a moral perspective. It's definitely wrong from a religious perspective. If you're someone mm. who considers yourself, um, you know, a Christian or religious and you're, you know, just judging people based off of their skin color or whatever, then you're doing this whole thing very, very, very backwards. Um, if you believe that human beings are, you know, created equal under God, then that's a massive opposition to that whole idea. Mm. And I do see plenty of people, sadly, um, who claim to hold those religious values but then they still fall into this yeah. type of low resolution oh, nonsense yeah. oh yeah and it's just like you know what what are you doing um and it's just not it's not it's not good for any it's not good for anybody i mean i i think it's i personally think it's dope that we're made in such a variety of shades and colors and appearances and forms i think it's cool that as you travel the world and you meet people from different places, you can see, oh, okay, cool. Like people from this part of the world like look like this. People from here look like this. People like to me, that's that's cool. It's interesting. I think if we if we were all just kind of like drones, yeah. we were all just the same. It wouldn't, you know, life would be a little less interesting. But these are not things to to fight over, yeah. and let alone harm each other over. Even even before we get to fighting or harm each other, <laughs> just the idea in your head. Mm that your identity begins with that before you even start talking of racism or you know, the, yeah, yeah. just as an, on an individual level, mm. how a person can limit themselves or begin their self-description by their color. Yeah. I think that's one of the, 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 the most messed up things, ideas that has been put into people's mm. head, especially in America. Do you, do you know why I think it is? I, 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 don't think it's, I don't think the reason for it is particularly complicated or hard to understand. Mm. I think it's because human beings are so so different different animals have different primary senses right mm -hmm. so dogs for example smell um some you know an eagle visual um some animals it might be hearing yeah right there's some animals that are blind yeah. and they primarily navigate by hearing human beings we're we're visual creatures right are most people would almost everybody would rather be deaf than be blind mm. okay and that's because we are visual first creatures so the first thing we when we're processing the world and we're looking around and we're meeting people and we're scanning the environment we see the we see the external yeah. right so the outer layer the skin is the largest organ in the human body mm. and so the first thing you see and one of the most obvious ways that you can describe someone if you is by their skin color also their physique their height their uh, body type or, or weight these are kind of the immediate things that you see so i think from like a very sort of raw basic perspective that is why something like skin color despite on an intellectual level we we know it's stupid to judge, make massive judgments on someone based on that. I think that's why, <clears throat> to some degree now, but certainly throughout human history and in many parts of the world, it's been something that's just been a very, very simple way of determining in-group and out-group, right? Okay, you can just split people immediately down the line 
of okay these people look like this these people look like that right it's it's kind of it's it's just very simple and perhaps the bigger the difference in the variation then the more obvious it even yeah. it even is just like yeah. if if you went in a room and half the people were wearing red shirts and half the people are wearing yellow shirts the first thing you're going to notice that's the first thing you'll notice yeah you'll go oh okay i can just like split this room and meet the, the the reds and the and the yellows right it's just a t-shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're not you know but but i think that's why I, it's funny i've never really articulated this thought before but i think that's sort of why on a very fundamental sort of biological level why that particular thing is why that's always been like a kind of just very easy way to divide people or yeah. see people yeah and and i i right now i tip my hats off to people like uh, denzel washington uh morgan freeman and most recently idris elba mm. they're individuals who i've seen them vocally now they're coming out saying yo i'm more than black like i don't want to be this like I, even <laughs> you know and people you know black people yes attack them for yes. it like you know yes. you, you know the, the thing mm-hmm. Emmanuel Acho. remember the thing uh, which which one's that uh Emmanuel Acho, where he was talking to van lathan on a having like a live or something and okay. he was like um being nigerian and having the upbringing i have i don't have the same like Oh, trauma or the same you. Yes. you know baggage that the average black man does and that whole thing got me thinking so this is where i wanted to like say something that i've never said about before mm. when people like think of whiteness and white people and specifically black people how such they a, whiteness is such a weird word to me i know <laughs> the fact that it's even in the lexicon i mean yeah. but let, let's 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 roll with it yeah, right yeah, yeah. so people people black, black people the average black person has like a in the states specifically, oh, in the US, okay. yeah, they have a an angst, mm-hmm. a weariness of white people. Yes, I don't, right? Mm-hmm. But and th- now this is me just like looking at the other side of why slavery and racism, particularly in the American context, happened. Mm-hmm. Because when you think of it, right, if you're if you're a black person born maybe in France or Europe or somewhere, and then you happen to like turn on the TV someday, and you saw like the worst of Africa, mm. right? You saw, you know, just the most, it's, I mean, it's true, it's true, but it's, that's what you saw. Yes. And you're like, yo, I mean, you can imagine why they would feel some kind of like disconnect mm-hmm. from like, that's, I have nothing to do with that. Like mm-hmm. you can, there's almost like a, like a look down on Africans when you see that kind of narrative, right? Now imagine you're a white person like the 1660s or wherever it was when they first traversed the, the, the Atlantic and came to Africa. And you have guns, you have maps, you have all these like technological advances mm-hmm. and you get to like the, the Africa or somewhere, maybe Nigeria or something, your boat docks and then you, you see, first of all, they're dark skinned. Mm-hmm. They're not wearing any clothes. Mm-hmm. It's still trees and things. And you're coming from a place where there's like Steam engines, there's houses, there's tr- there's all kinds of things that make you, that give you a different idea of what civilization yeah. is. Yeah. And you come here and you see these guys, they can't talk, they can't, you know, do what you would think is normal and they're dark skinned. So Im- immediately you're like, these aren't us, this is like someone like primitive version of, of, of maybe apes or gorillas or something. Like it's, I can imagine that to be the mindset, mm-hmm. right? So now the next thing is they're very, very easily like, impressed by mirrors remember the whole thing with they would give mirrors mm-hmm. to to uh 
to Africans and they would like sell their people to them as slaves. Okay, I haven't heard that one. I didn't know. Oh yeah, one. so that's okay. deep in the history where like mirrors were the thing okay. that we used to like mesmerize these guys. So again, this is me putting myself in the shoes sure, of sure, the sure. average uh, white explorer. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget, not all of them were, you know, someone just liked to explore, to sail, you know. But anyway, that's a different story. Yeah. So you get here, you see this. So naturally, with human beings, what we like to do is when we see a lesser animal or what we consider lesser, a cow, a horse or whatever, we like to domesticate them, take them, make them beasts of burden. Horses, we ride them. Cows, bulls, they plow our fields, things like that. That's what we do. And so you're a white man coming from this civilization you know and you see these you know, seemingly primitive um, uh, creatures. And so you do what the average white man would do. You take them and use them as work. Now, where it gets complicated was when it became noted that, now nah, these aren't just creatures. They have feelings. They can read and write just like we, we can. Mm -hmm. They're not like, like monkeys can't do that shit, mm -hmm. you know? And now that's where the divide happens in American or European society. It's like some people want these guys to be treated like human beings. Others want them to be, uh, to remain slaves. Mm -hmm. And I think once that line was drawn was when black culture or the African narrative became so contested. So it's, so it's difficult for a black person to imagine that there are people who, there are white people who really do not subscribe to racism, mm -hmm. that uh, did not support slavery, mm -hmm. right? It's difficult for them to imagine that. But I can, right? And I'm yeah. sure you, you can too. But I'd like to just, like give the average, like historically, I like to give history some grace because you cannot imagine what it's like to go to have all you have yes. and you go to another place and you see that there's a notable drop in education, language. Um, I mean, at least, for example, you know how, how black people hate when uh, Mungo Park says he discovered the Niger or Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Columbus yeah, discovered yeah. and they're like, no, they did not discover it was there before. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what they mean. They don't yeah. mean that it wasn't there. They mean that based on their perspective, yes. that was the guy that discovered it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can always imagine why, or, well, I can actually, but it's always those low-hanging fruits where it comes to us versus them, mm -hmm. you know? And um, wow, what, what does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense, man. And you know, it, it's so interesting because one of the things that makes, that prevents people from learning and having certain being able to give certain charity to certain things and see things from different perspectives is that I think it, it, it scares people in a way, because if you even try to understand certain things from different perspectives, especially in this internet age, a lot of people will intentionally, I think, misconstrue it as if you are condoning something that you're not right. So with what you just said there, if I were a dishonest individual, right? I could interpret that as, oh, he's trying to justify, he's trying to justify slavery, right? Mm -hmm. Why are you trying to justify? I know you're not trying to justify it. You're trying to imagine being someone who you 400 whatever years ago of a different, you're, you're trying to see the perspective of that, right? If mm -hmm. you're trying to understand what happened in World War II or in Nazi Germany or with the Holocaust, and you're trying to understand it, 
some people don't most many people don't want to even try to do that because it seems like you're giving credence to the ideas or you're excusing it or you're condoning it or something. It's like, no, 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 you're you're not. You're just trying to understand from a psychological perspective yeah. how these things happen. Um and yeah, that can it, it can make people very uncomfortable. I think in terms of what you're what you're saying as well is, you know, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of truth there. Some of it, you know, we're going to be speculating to some degree. Mm. I think there's also just within with human beings sadly th- there is also this um you know a power dynamic mm. right so when a group of people is more powerful than another group of people or has a technology that they don't have access to or is in a certain position that they're not whatever even if you take race nationality all that stuff out the equation this could be within a country of people of the same you know who who are of the same ethnic stock or who um you know, are all of the same nationality and you can still have people oppressing one another or even enslaving one another, mistreating one another, brutalizing one another and so on. Um, And again, this is, this is something that the Bible is very clear on, right? That human beings are a sinful animal, right? On, On multiple levels, there is something within human nature that contains Yes, kindness and good, but also wickedness and cruelty and evil. And we all have the capacity for that. And I think it's so important for every single person to understand that you are capable of the utmost amazing good and kindness, but also the greatest depravity and perversion and, and wickedness, yeah. right? I think that the, the most lazy way to look at humanity or to look at history is just to see it all as good guys and bad guys. Right. Just, oh, you know, some people are just bad and bad guys do bad things. And some people are just good and the good guys do good things. And by the way, if I existed at any point in history, of course, I would have been a good guy. Right. Everyone thinks they would have been a good guy. And, um, you know, from an ego perspective, I understand why everyone would want to think that. But if you really want to understand how and why certain things happen, then you have to give more grace than that and you have to think harder and you have to be far more nuanced Mm -hmm. than to just say, okay, you know, let's take an obvious example. The founding fathers of America, right? Um, Many of them were slaveholders. At the same time, they're creating the Constitution and Bill of Rights talking about how men are equal under God and the USA is founded to be a a nation of of free, of free people, Mm. uh, liberty, liberty. what is it? Life, liberty, and the pursuit and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, you own slaves. Right. So, are the founding fathers were they good guys or bad guys? See. Right. Yeah. And and the 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 real answer is well, it's not it's not that simple. Yeah. Right. Did they do many good things? Yes. And I'd say some of the documents that they wrote, forming those constitutions and bill of rights, are some of the best political documents ever written, which were even then used as a basis to expand these liberties to many other people. But there is also uh, an obvious hypocrisy or confusion about their ideas versus things that they may have actually been doing, right? There, there are so many great heroes. Oh, go ahead. Can I, can I give you an idea for that? Go ahead. <clears throat> I think it was one of those things where it was the spirit of the times. Yeah. Because the founding fathers, I like to think of them, they were very forward-thinking about the future. So yeah, we own slaves now, right? But I think when you're that kind of intellectual, Benjamin Franklin and co, you think to yourself, 
we shouldn't have slaves forever. You know what I mean? So they might, they might have planned it so that going forward, the idea of slaves would be eradicated. Hence why people like Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. you know, came into the four years or, or hundreds of years later running for office under the false pretense that, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep things as they are. But as soon as he became president, he started to like go the other way, right? So I think in giving those guys grace, I feel like it's possible to be, you know, it's, it's like right now, okay, no, this context will make sense to you because you don't live here. So I can't say that. But mm-hmm. I, it's possible to give grace in the sense of people can be products of their environment, but still, you know, want to be more, mm-hmm. plan for more, plan for the future, right? It's like you're going to war, but you hope that this war stops here. Yeah. You want your kids to have peace. Yeah. Let's take a moment to pause and breathe. Relieve the tension. Whatever you're doing, close your eyes, take a deep breath, in through the nose, out through the mouth. One more time, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Let's resume. Now we're about to wrap, so I want to go into some quick, quick yeah, fire questions. Sure thing, Who was your childhood celebrity crush? <laughs> Weirdly, it was Jennifer Aniston. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that weird? Because I don't find her that attractive now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope one of your one million Twitter followers <laughs> clip this part out. <laughs> And, and sent to her because yeah no 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 she, you know, she's, she's still a good looking woman yeah she's, yeah she's cool she's cool Lil Wayne or Jay-Z Jay-Z I'm, I'm a Lil Wayne guy but we'll talk about that at lunch yeah. easy secret talent um oh I think I put most of my talents on the table <laughs> uh, secret one um could be a secret talent that you know, is behind the scenes of everything else you do. Kind of like powers it all. Secret talent. Um, I'm good at drawing. Ooh. Yeah. I actually wanted to be a cartoonist when I was a kid. Same. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Okay. Uh, person that you would trade places with for a day. Ooh. Don't say Elon Musk. No, I'll be honest. If I could trade places with person from a day, I would want to trade places with someone who is as opposite to me as possible. Mm. So I would definitely be a woman. Okay. And I would be someone who's just the, maybe I'd be, I don't know. I'd be a... Uh, An angry uh, feminist? I, I'd be someone who's a, like as polar opposite to me as possible. Just to, if it's a just... A fat slob? If it's just for a day. Yeah. Maybe I'd be, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be fat. I'd be white. I'd be a woman. I'd be, um, I don't know, I'd be, okay, maybe, <laughs> my, my political, I'd be an atheist, my political ideology would be the opposite, whatever it is, I'd, I'd be the polar opposite of myself, um, just for the sake of having that day to experience being as far from me as I could be. I think that would be the greatest educational opportunity. Okay. Uh, where does job you ever had? Um, I've only ever had two jobs. Um, none of them were weird. Guilty pleasure. 
Mm. Ice cream. Biggest risk you ever took? Leaving my corporate job in 2011 to become a full-time rapper independently. What was your corporate job? I used to be a management consultant. Ooh, okay. Best compliment you ever got? Um, I've had multiple people tell me that I, my words helped them to uh, pull them from the brink of suicide. What never fails to make you laugh? <laughs> um, <And> he laughs. <laughs> um, what never fails to make me laugh? I mean, good comedy. Good right. comedy, yeah. Something you wish you were better at? Singing. Mm. You want to be a rapper and a singer? Only you, bro? Only you? Yeah, hey, there's, there's people that can do both. Um, best perk of being a celebrity? I don't consider myself a celebrity, but being able to be in pretty much any city or country and connect with amazing people and have people that appreciate me. If you were stuck on a desert island, who would you want with you? Wow. Just one person or? Just one. Just one. Boy. Personally, I'll go with a good swimmer, but. <laughs> I am a good swimmer. Um, man. I, I, I guess someone who's got like super survival skills. Who? Like who? Do we know anyone that know. has that? Bear Grylls. I don't know. Someone like that. Crocodile Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> like like some, someone who's just like spent their life doing that stuff. Um, something you long believed to be true but realized wasn't. Um, I used to think that homeschooling was weird and now I think it's a good idea. Same, actually. <laughs> Same. Um, something we don't know about you. Something people don't know about me. Um, I was a vegetarian for seven years. Yeah, bro. You lived how many lives? Uh, if you were a Greek god, who would you be? Ooh. Um, I'm Athena, by the way. <laughs> uh, Zeus, because he's the boss. <laughs> and he's, he's a Z, also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zuby Zeus. That could be your next, your next, uh, next, next single. Yeah. Ooh, shit. <laughs> um one thing people get get wrong one thing people get wrong about you wow um that i'm not compassionate Ooh. yeah i know people think compassion you know i really do believe there's a place that like to be cruel is to be kind sometimes or to mm -hmm. be kind is to be cruel how do you say it i don't know you have to be cruel to be kind mm -hmm. sometimes so uh but yeah i get that um, something that people aren't paying enough attention to but should hmm honestly their health yeah their health yeah um, music we would be surprised to learn you listen to um I like some like rock and metal songs that people probably 
Yeah. Wouldn't expect that I do. I, I didn't expect that either. Yeah. Uh, if not your current profession, what would you be doing? I'd still be some type of entrepreneur. I'm, I'm entrepreneurial minded. Even if I wasn't doing something, if it wasn't even if it wasn't creative, I'd still be. Yeah. I'd be yeah. hustling somewhere. <laughs> Ever had a near death experience? Um. Yes, as a baby. You remember it? No, I don't remember it. But um, our house burnt down. But I was saved by a neighbor. But do you do you like, like, remember that feeling of near death? No. I don't remember it. No, no. I was a baby, so okay. I, I have no recollection of it. But I know I almost, I almost died. Is there a dollar amount you can be paid for you to publicly preach the opposite of everything you stand for? No. Sure. Absolutely. And finally. If you saving the world meant you would have to torture a child to do so, would you take that chance? What? <laughs> what is that question? Oh, oh boy. What? Wait, say, say, what, what do we even mean by saving the world? Everything that it would take to make world peace, world hunger. I'm sorry, kid. Out the way. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus took one for us, so I mean... <laughs> if you're talking on that level, then yeah, okay. And there we have it, Zubi. MSwitch Media has done such a great job of hosting us today. Um, and thank you for your time. Most it's welcome. Been, I wish you'd go longer, but somebody there put a limit on my gist. <laughs> but it's okay, it's okay. We'll, we'll definitely have more at lunch. But bro, thank you so much for doing this with me. And gentlemen, ladies, this is The Young God. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Online. Links. Yes. Do you want to tell the people to find you? Yeah, sure. You can follow me on all social media at Zuby Music. That is Z-U-B-Y Music. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And if you go to ZubyMusic.com, you can find links to everything there. All right. There you heard it. Follow the man and he's dope. This is the young god. <clears throat> That is your app. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in, for tapping play. It means so much to me that you would give this conversation a chance, that you would give my content a chance. And uh, this is just a reminder that part two of my conversation with Zubi continues and it drops next week, Friday. New episodes drop every Friday at noon. So, do subscribe so you can get that notification when it happens. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share aggressively. Such dope content should not be kept to yourself alone. And if you're new here, do check out the other episodes of the podcast. It's a literal oral feast of ideas, stories, and conversations on all kinds of things, on all kinds of levels, and all kinds of personalities feature from time to time. Just scroll through the titles and see what piques your interest. Thank me later. Rodney, out. <laughs>